This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Today on Drew, the viral story of three unlikely friends. They all had the same cheating boyfriend at the same time. Plus, John Stamos gets a surprise visitor. And Drew's news is on location. Philadelphia! It all starts now. Please welcome Drew Barrymore. to the show. It feels so good to be here with everyone here in New York. Yes, 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 it does. It is a dream. And yet the dream is real. Here we are and our first guest today is an iconic sitcom star as well as a dad and a husband and just an all around great guy with great hair. His new podcast, The Grand Scheme, Snatching Sinatra is available now. All right, have mercy. Please welcome John Stamos. I do. What, what, what devil what? did you sell your soul to? What is in the water? What is in the Greek genes? How do you just not age? I drink Rob Lowe's blood first. <laughs> By the way, totally. I was right? I was at Rob Lowe's birthday party um, when I was like 10 years old and I had my first slow dance with Emilio Estevez. Ooh. Me too. That's weird. <laughs> well, actually, hey, yeah. Can I say something real fast? I am, I, I got to fangirl out here. I am your biggest fan and I'm, um, I saw that you were having a show. I said, they better ask me to be on there. So I'm really glad you did. Thank you. I actually think we stalked you, but I'm glad to know that we won't be in trouble for it. I have been such a fan of yours my whole life. And I actually realized that you went on General Hospital in 1982, is that right? That's right. E.T. came out in 1982. So 1982 was a good year for us. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you, my son, I have a three-year-old son, and I know you, you have two daughters, right? The, he loves E.T. He loves E.T. and I told him, and he's about four times he comes, have you talked to Gertie? Where's Gertie? Where's Gertie? And you named your son Billy after your father Bill, right? That's right, yeah. I loved my dad. He was my hero. You know, when you, you know, when you, you, you have that moment where you look at your parent and you go, oh, they're, they're, they're just, you know, human. They're, they're not a superhero. I never had that with my dad. He was always a superhero to me. He was a, a great, great man. 
Yeah, no, I definitely did not have that with my father, but um, <laughs> I was more like, oh, shoeless hippie with no job, unaccountable, and doesn't live anywhere. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but, but you know what? I do attribute my bohemian ways to him, and everything I had a problem about when I would see him occasionally, he'd say, oh, you got to kick the bag, baby. As if, what does like, that mean? Like, don't carry it with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick the bag, baby. I was like, said the guy who's an unaccountable father. Fine, whatever. But I, I still, I love him. He gave me so many things. I have such a, like, healthy dynamic with both my parents. Like, and I, I just, I loved reading about your dad. And one of the stories that really stuck out to me was that he had you still flipping burgers at his restaurant yeah. the first year you were in General Hospital. The beauty of that was my dad really taught me about discipline, right, and showing up on time and working hard. And the greatest thing that I learned from him that I think is, you know, can attribute to my longevity, and you have it too, I saw my dad treat his best customer the same way he treated the busboys cleaning dishes in the back. And that sort of stuck with me. You know, you walk on a set and you want to, you know, I know everybody's name, I think. And I, I just, I just never forgot that. You know, m my parents really didn't give me a, 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 a blueprint for, for much in the parenting department, but they gave me plenty of blueprints for personality and creativity and artistry and all these other spiritual, soulful aspects. Kick the bag and you just move on. You now, gotta kick the bag, baby. Kick the bag, baby. That's like Austin Powers. So, but, but, but let me ask you then, then like, what did you feel like, and I've been around kids my whole life. I've always wanted kids. I'm, I'm in August, I turned 82. So I waited a little while, <laughs> but, but, but like, did you realize, like, to me, I was like, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. I mean, certainly we can handle it. My wife does most of it, but it, it's hard. It's the hardest job you ever sign up for, period. Yeah. The rewards are also the biggest. I guess with the highest stakes come the biggest rewards. It makes tremendous sense. But right. you just keep putting one foot in front of the other with good intentions. You should be Oprah. Have you written a book? You might have written a lot of books. That's so right on all of it. But, I mean, don't you wish we knew that when we were younger? But... So hopefully, you know, people are, are watch, kids are watching this and they'll learn from us. I mean, don't you wish they taught some of this in school instead of, you know, all the crappy math stuff you had to learn? Did you like, teach us how to relationship stuff? Teach us how to balance a checkbook. Teach us how to relate to in relationships when women, men, you know, please. I completely agree. I'm not dissecting a ton of frogs, but I am desperately trying to get life right. Right. I haven't not one frog have I dissected. You're right. I know. Well, <laughs> I think we've just, I think we've solved all the world's problems in just whatever it's been, 10 minutes. Okay, please Crazy. talk to me about the grand scheme, Snatching Sinatra. We have a segment here. It's called The Download. Uh, this podcast is fascinating. Um, the subject terrifies me. I don't know why, like, kidnapping really is, like, my number one fear in life. My mom used to always talk to me about it. Don't wear T-shirts with your name on it. You're going to get kidnapped. It was like I, we were the age. I just, I, I, I literally, right now, I'm shaking thinking about it. But this is extremely entertaining. It's the craziest story. So what you said was right. It's, like, the most unbelievable story that has never really been told, uh, 
partly because Frank Sinatra Sr. didn't want it told for many, many years. This guy named Barry Keenan, um, in in uh, he was he was twenty years old, and he was at the the lowest you know place anyone could be at life in life, and he was parked in his car overlooking Catalina Island, and uh, God's voice came over the radio and said to get out of your issues. You know, he owed money. His, he owed money to his parents. He, he was in a lot of uh, debt and a lot of trouble. You need to kidnap somebody. And, and the radio wasn't even on, he says. So what he did was he goes to Tahoe and he nabs Frank Sinatra Jr. And at this point, the FBI, the CIA, Frank Sinatra, Sam Giancana, the mafia, J. Edgar Hoover, everybody was after this guy. And he's up in Tahoe uh, doing runs down the bunny slope, you know, posing as a, as a honeymooner. It's the craziest story. He was sentenced to life plus 75 years, him and the uh, two of the other guys that did it with him. But he did get out early, and he then spent 50 years uh, avoiding, um, you know, being shot at by Frank Sinatra Sr. I mean, he talks about two or three of the hits. The last one, the hitman was so old, the, guy, the hitman had, his, uh, had him in the, in the sights, and his colostomy bag broke, and he went all over the... <laughs> and he, uh, <laughs> That's how long, and the story's great. You know, I always say it's like the Marx Brothers meets the Coen Brothers, has that feel. But the podcast, being able to do it over 10 episodes, has really let us really get into his psyche and really understand why a man would do something this desperate. Well, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more of our conversation with John Stamos in just a minute. Plus, a surprise visitor is here. Okay, so stay here. Yeah, check it out. We're here in the middle of our conversation with America's sweetheart. I think you can say that for a man. It's uh, America's favorite uncle, at the very least, John Stamos. Well, I, I, I'm just so happy to have an excuse and a reason because I don't know how we've been around since 82 and not like hung out and known each other, but I'm, it's never too late. And I'm just really happy to make your acquaintance as someone who's been cheering you on my whole life. I say we kick the bag right now and just, you know, be friends. You gotta kick the bag, baby. Well, as long as you're here and putting your magic out into the world time and time again, you have Big Shot that everybody loves. David E. Kelly is just so genius and everybody, I mean, longevity, you just, you keep bringing your goods to the world. So. Please keep and doing it. And it's about gratitude, right? I yes. Know you were gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Maybe that's the key to longevity, like being appreciative and recognizing how lucky we are and, and all the things that your dad taught you that I found out along the way, luckily. Yeah. I think it is. I think it's part of it, certainly. Because if you could, and, and it's not just about the big things. Like I'm just grateful. I'm certainly grateful to be talking to you. I'm grateful for the weather today. I'm grateful for my son, you know, uh, not coughing in my face all night like he has been <laughs> last year. I wonder where he is. Do you have? To, should I try to see him come up here because he? Oh sure. Except, he's very sh shy sometimes, which I love because that's good. But you know, after he gets over that, he's you know. Uh, hey, well, Bill, come in. Look who I'm talking to, Gertie. Come here, come here, you. You see, wait, wait, wait. Come here. You see her? Where is she? Wait, let's see. We do the speak or talk, Gertie. Hi, Billy. How are you? It's Gertie. You I look her? a little different. 
Not that much. Here, come sit. Can you see, Cardi? Do you know Can what you I love most about E.T.? What? He taught me to be kind, and he taught me that being gentle and good to each other is really everything. I think he learned that from E.T., didn't you, Bill? And he also learned from E.T. how to scream. Well, from Gertie, really. Billy, Remember do you Bill? know how to scream? You know what? I'm just going to do one for you. Ready? One, two, three. Ah! <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> this is the quietest he's ever been since, since he was in his mommy's tummy. Well, I... I, I'm so glad that you like E.T., Billy. It's funny, my own daughters, uh, they've seen some what they call mom movies, and yet they're, they're, they haven't really connected with E.T. yet for some reason. So thank you, Billy, because my own kids are not that interested in it, funny enough. He hates anything that I've been on. I mean, if, if, you know, if we're... Billy, do you ever watch your dad on TV and, like, see dad, dad movies and dad TV? Mm. Did you like you, you like watching me on TV? No. <laughs> I'm glad you like ET, and I like you very much, and I really like your father and your grandfather, who you're named after, and it is just a pleasure to be with the Stamos gentleman. <laughs> Say bye bye, Bill. Say come. But you know when we made outside, and you know when we picking what? tomatoes and and. And you picking tomatoes? In the garden. Well, happy tomato picking, Billy. I hope they taste delicious. Hey, thank you, Drew. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Billy. Oh, Drew. Oh, he's so beautiful. What a beautiful soul and eyes and kind and, oh, thank you. I I'm really glad to meet him. Thanks for saying hi to him. I'm sorry that he called you Gertie, but I'm sure when I meet your kids, they'll call me Uncle Jesse and then we'll be even. By the way, I am Gertie and darn proud of it. Thank you, John and Billy. Make sure to check out The Grand Scheme, Snatching Sinatra, out now on Wondery Plus and all major podcast platforms. It's amazing. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. And we want to tell you about Calm the F*** Down, a guided meditation series from the Oversharing Podcast. This is something we've been planning for a long time. It's our most requested segment from the podcast. And these meditations are going to be between five and 10 minutes. They're going to be super quick because we don't have a lot of time. You're going to be so surprised how five to 10 minutes of really thoughtful meditations can transform your whole life. In addition to the first four meditations available at launch, we'll be doing two new meditations every single month. Plus, for the fans of Oversharing Podcast out there, you'll also get ad-free versions of every episode of the Oversharing Podcast. So if somebody wants to become a subscriber, how do they join? It's so easy. You just go to subscribe.betches.com and sign up now for only $4.99 a month. Or you can lock in our discounted rate if you sign up for the whole year. That's subscribe.betches.com. Or if you're in the Apple Podcast app, you can just hit the subscribe button now and sign up in the app. It's as easy as that.